0: So check out AdamandEve.com today for this special offer. Give 50% off one item when you type babe 69 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code B-A-B-E-69 at AdamandEve.com. We don't sugarcoat shit. <laughs> this is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk. Radio. Welcome to Renegade Nation, Renegade Talk in Las Vegas, where we don't sugarcoat shit. My name is Richie, and I'm here in Studio D all by myself. It's about time I've been having a lot of people coming in and out of the studio, but I enjoy them, and I like them. And don't forget, Adam and Eve get one item up to 50% off. On, oh, I'm sorry, uh, 50% off. Uh, it's a great deal. Free shipping, too. When I have my paper here. I don't know what I do with it. Okay. I misplaced it somewhere. <laughs> anyway, so go to Adam and Eve. The code is BABE69. So you get one item, 50%. You get three DVDs. You get free shipping and a special surprise gift from us here at Renegade. So all you got to do is go to adamandeve.com. And when you get to the end, when you check out, you put in the code BABE69. babe 69, B-A-B-E 69. Okay. All right, now we're gonna go into, uh, we're gonna lower this down a little bit. Okay, so we're, we're gonna go into uh, our great uh, p- uh, President Obama. And what happened uh, the other day, and it was quite disturbing. Um, this is a must see, listen to, whatever, must listen to. Uh, Obama wanted to sound more powerful than he actually, he thinks he is. And the lame duck president went to Indiana the other day to hold a rally and trash talk Donald Trump. And unfortunately, it didn't go as planned. So here's the stuttering mess. This is what you actually voted for. And when you don't have a teleprompter, now I can't get the thing to work. What happened to it? You campaign for every listen. If we turn against each other based on divisions of race or religion. And that's happening right now in San Jose. People are fighting left and right, going crazy because of these far left liberal morons this is what you for this is the real Barack insane Obama (laughs) I mean you think I'm insane you think I'm crazy listen to this shit listen this is this is why the country is in the mess it is I press the play button it doesn't work you know a a bunch of okie doke Okey-doke? What the hell's Just an okey-doke? because it sounds fun Tweets are... What is he talking about? Provocative. Provocative tweets? Yeah. It, we're it, not d- going to build on the progress that we've started. What progress? It's been going down the toilet. That's, no, there's no progress here. I'm going to stop this. There's no progress. What is he talking about? You're, you're being... I to again, Renegade Nation, this has been the biggest... I mean, they are really laying on you right now. We've been talking about it for years, and you know that. So <clears throat> you have this chaos going on in San Jose, in California, with uh, people attacking Trump supporters and beating them up. Beating them up. The supporters should be beating them up, and then when they're get arrested, these, these morons that are starting this, if they're illegal, they need to be sent back to wherever the hell they came from. <coughs> All you gotta do is wake up, man. There's an article that was written uh, in the um, AH Tribune. I got it from one of my Facebook buddies. Oh, by the way, I got broken to on Facebook and they screwed up my uh, password. So if you get any stupid, dirty uh, messages or any garbage, it's not coming from me. Uh, Facebook should have their shit together, but apparently they don't. The chaos of Hillary Clinton's presidency, corporate domination, and a building rebellion, Renegade Nation. This was written by Richard uh, Behan, And uh, this is really interesting. I hold it that a little rebellion now and then is a good thing and as necessary in the political world as storms. In the physical, it is a medicine necessary for the sound health of government. That was what Thomas Jefferson said in a letter to James Madison. That was in January 30th, uh, 1787. Now, if Hillary Clinton occupies the White House, her presidency will be unpleasant for her and chaotic for the country, which we have been in chaotic mess uh, for a long period of time. Uh, Miss Clinton will encounter a nationwide rebellion she cannot comprehend and hence will not address. Now, we are in a rebellion right now running gay nation the country is in a mess and these morons in dc these dickheads have dictated this policy and now it's starting to show the people are angry look at the fighting that's going on but they're fighting against donald trump they they want it their way and they wanted to keep it their way and you don't want to go to work you want to be fed by the government well that's not the way it's going to be we're going to take our country back The rebellion is already underway and it will continue. It is not violent, man, the barricades revolution, but it possibly could happen that way. But a visible one in which millions of voters in both parties are openly rejecting conventional candidates. They are seeking a radical transformation of American governments. That's exactly right. We have been screwed over for a long time with these people that get in and you don't even know who they are. They give a shit about you. They never did care about you and they will never care about you. And once you get that through your skull and once you start to understand it, and if you look at yourself, right now and look where you are eight years ago or maybe 16 years ago, it is not a good feeling. It is not good. Miss Clinton will take office because she gained the nomination process. Listen to this very carefully. She gained the nomination process brilliantly but she was victimized by classic tragedy in the most bizarre political season in memory. She was the right person in the right place at the wrong time. Now since uh, Roosevelt's day only Bill and Hillary Clinton have completed three presidential campaigns so Miss Clinton was armed for the fourth with unique experience. She knew precisely what had to be done, how to do it and when and then she amassed a war chest of hundreds of millions long before anybody else like I told you a couple of weeks ago this has been this has been planned out since 2012 four years ago renegade nation this just did not happen this is all planned out by these banksters and they have it planned and pinned perfectly to screw you even further she has recruited 400 super delegates I never even heard of that even before she had opponents, she has set up campaign offices in the states with early primaries. And by happy accident or clever arrangement, the co-chair of her 2008 presidential campaign, Ms. Wasserman Schultz, was put in charge of the Democratic National Committee. Hello! Are you waking up yet? This is all planned out. I know a lot of talk show hosts go crazy and they say all kind of crazy shit, but this is all planned out. Again, you know how we are over here. We tell you in advance, this has all been planned out, they've been doing it, and under, under the sheets, uh, undercover, whatever the hell you want to call it, it's planned out to screw you out of more money, screw you out of your jobs, and then everybody becomes a slave to their fucked up system. When you know a system as well as Hillary Clinton does, you know how to game it. She effectively preempted the candidate space. Of the early prospective candidates, only Governor O'Malley and Senator Sanders moved on into the primaries, and she outpolled both of them by monstrous margins. Now, Hillary then undertook, Crooked Hillary undertook an orthodox campaign of inoffensive platitudes, defining the issues with customary cl- uh, cliches, and proposing uh, solutions, doing more for the cause, making improvements in that one, and Assuring everyone's access to the American dream. That's what Obama said. The American dream. Hope and change. uh, 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 Hope and change. I'm going to assure you of the American dream. I will be there with you. I will help women. I will help. It's the same bullshit, man. And it never changes. And you fall for it hook, line, and sinker. I've been working all my life to benefit the downtrodden, and let's build on President Obama's successes. Huh? Which which ones? Her campaign was choreo uh, It's choreo uh, Just beautiful put, to, put put together. But it was a campaign by formula, unimaginative, and conventional. Miss the Korea. I done. Miss Clinton was in the right place, however. Her two opponents were so far behind, they were scarcely visible. This has all been pre-planned, pre-set up to win the election and keep this bullshit going on. But the moment, there's a moment in time that was not hers. And by adopting the Obama template for governing, she through bolted her campaign status quo while a rebellion was stirring among the American people, and she doesn't care about Jews, so she wouldn't even know about it, would she? And if Jefferson's dictum was correct, the rebellion ought to continue as a medicine necessary for the sound health of government. The rebellion would blossom as Miss Clinton soon discovered. Oh, what's going on? Oh, they're upset. Oh, what do we do? Oh my God, I thought this was gonna be easy. Because she doesn't care about you. Do you think she really cares about you? Do you think, that's why she didn't know what was going on and she goes, oh oh, shit. The template for governing she adopted is the the modus um, operandi of the new democratic party that Bill Clinton and she helped construct in the early 1990s and Barack Obama nurtured. That's right. And it masquerades as the champion still of the working class America, but it is in fact a centralist, even neoliberal party, awash with corporate campaign contributions. That's the fucking bangsters, and driven by corporate interest. Rigorous scholarly research documents this as does a lot of popular, popular po- 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 popular, po- po- popular literature. mm mm-hmm. literature. Ms. Clinton failed to see the political rebellion because she was not turned to the deeply felt anxieties of nearly every family in the country, which I just said about five minutes ago. Do you understand? Are you going to start to listen? Are you going to wake up and take this woman out? I've had enough. For example, all about the one percenters, comfortable. they're comfortable within their stratum herself because so she was turned instead only to the mechanics of winning the presidency. They don't care about you. They care about keeping their party going. The party, not the Democrat or Republican party, the party. It's a party for them and, not, and you're not invited to the party, man. You're not invited. Have you thought why you're in the shithole you're in? I mean, you got to be told straight up and you're being told straight up right now. You can't do this on regular radio. They can't tell you. They try to tell you, but do you listen? No. And then you wonder why you can't find a job. You wonder why you can't feed family. They don't care about you. The only thing she cares about is herself and those banksters. Prominent among working families' anxieties is the loss of wealth. And in the incomes uh, occasioned by the financial crash of 2008 and the offshoring of 30 million well paid manufacturing jobs. Hello! That's why you don't have any jobs. They took the jobs overseas so it could be made cheaper and sold for more of a profit, and you are out. Those events were driven by policies of the the, the Bill Clinton administration granting corporate interests priority over the common good and the Obama administration expanded on them. That was the hope and change. The new Democratic Party betrayed and abandoned the working families of the nation. Now, back in the day, Renegade Nation, uh, the Democratic Party stood for the working class, middle class. Well, they don't anymore. They care about themselves. They care about taking all the money, having all the parties, cruising, taking vacations all over the world, living in beautiful homes and stealing the money from our country. This was not lost on Senator Sanders and something similar was soon made apparent to Donald Trump. No one, no one will accuse Senator Sanders or Mr. Trump of running conventional campaigns. In his very first speech, Mr. Sanders acknowledged and Mr. Trump soon discovered the simmering rebellion that Ms. Clinton ignored tens of thousands of cheering citizens attending uh, the Sanders rallies and applauding his call for a political revolution. And Mr. Trump and his startling destruction of 16 opponents discovered political patience of Republican voters was was exhausted, Renegade Nation, as well. The rebellion burst into the open. Huge, huge blocks of voters consciously rejected their respective establishment parties and said, enough is enough. These These parties are not the parties. You have to look at these people for who they really are. Do you understand that? Do you understand that you have to open the door and see what's behind the door? You have to do that. You can't listen to their fucking nonsense bullshit speeches because they all say the same thing. Do you understand? Do you understand that? Please. Now, Mr. Sanders' vision has far greater clarity and his proposals are far more detailed than Mr. Trump's. Advocating quantum changes in healthcare, higher education, trade, energy, infrastructure and taxation policies, he seeks to recapture American democracy, to make government work for all of us, not just the corporations and the billionaire banksters. His rebel partisans, nearly half the Democratic Party, display a degree of enthusiasm not seen in years. Now, Mr. Trump's mind is not so disciplined as Mr. Sanders. Linguists say it works in the wild and simplistic ways of a fourth grader. But he intuits the damage done to the domestic economy by the corporate export of American jobs. And your jobs were exported away from you to foreign countries. And you are now stuck. The idiots in Washington don't know how to do trade deals, they're idiots. I know how to do deals, hell, I wrote the book about. I know how to do deals. What is the problem of calling these people idiots? They took your jobs, they, they are idiots, they don't care about you, they're morons. There's nothing wrong with that type of language. I don't understand why you get upset with that. They're, they took your jobs. They stole them right from underneath you and you sit there and complain that somebody says you're an idiot? Or they're a moron? Or you curse? I don't really understand why you get upset about that kind of stuff when you should be upset about what they're doing to you. His intuition is also accurate respecting the Affordable Care Act. It is a triumph of corporate profit- profiteering at public expense. Well, you know what? We talked about it here. After the debacle of the housing mess that they did, then what was the next thing to do was healthcare. They rough on healthcare and they passed the law and then if you didn't sign up you got You were taxed by the IRS. You see, you don't get it. They do what they want and you follow like little sheep. (laughs) You just don't get it. You need to fight back and say enough is enough. We're not gonna go through it. Now you got this healthcare plan that is really bad and they're sucking more money out of the system into their own pockets. What a perfect deal because you thought it, hope and change. Really? Yes, we do need healthcare, but not that type of healthcare when these billionaire banksters are in there doing the deal. That's what they did, they did the deal. Obama's not smart enough to do the deal. Do you hear what he, how he spoke in the beginning? The reason so many people have health coverage today is easily grasped. They were forced by law to buy it. You call that a democratic nation? If you don't want health insurance, you don't have it. But if you don't have it, guess what? They're not gonna take care of you. Bottom line is you were forced by the billionaires, the banksters, to buy this insurance. And absent the public option, President Obama quickly surrendered. However, there is no constraint on cost. Now, you have to remember in 2009 or 10 when he was stepped off that plane and he said, if you're happy with your current doctor and if you're happy with your current insurance plan, you can keep it. I mean, I can play the quote. I have it here at Renegade. We have it in our vault. He said that and guess what, fuck you. The insurance, hospital and pharmaceutical corporations charge anything they please so the cost to consumers and corporate profits are astronomical and rising and Obamacare is a money machine just like I just said to you three seconds ago. It's also to make more money for them and they don't care about your health care, and they don't care how much money you have to pay into it. Do you understand? Do you get? Do you grasp that? And you get upset about the word idiot, moron? You're the idiot, moron. You're letting this happen. In Mr. Trump's uh, area, it is incredible. It's an incredible deal, deal for health corporations, and an incredible deal. But it's a disaster for the American people. A downright a disaster. And you're paying for it right now. In contrast to Bernie Sanders specific prescriptions, Mr. Trump suggests a profoundly genetic remedy make America great again. Well, they've taken America and they made us into fools. That's what they've done. For millions of voters, this holds great intuitive appeal. We used to be great. America was the first in life expectancy, first in infant survival, first in education, first in healthcare, first in technology, first in equitable income, wealth distribution, first in home ownership, first in the industrial productivity, first in innovation, first in per capita income and wealth, first in reserves of foreign exchange, first in exports and so on and on and on. But we don't win anymore. They win. The banksters win. You don't win. You don't win anything. You just go to work every day and put up with the bullshit and pay all that money to these banksters and that's what you're doing and you're told to do it and you do it. Mr. Trump's uh, rebel partisans more than half of the Republican Party yield nothing to uh, Bernie Sanders and enthusiasm. A Hillary Clinton uh, presidency renegade nation then would face a national majority of citizens in open rebellion either intuitively or consciously, they are incensed with the dominance of the corporate political power, which we have seen now for the past eight years with Obama. This is the uh, template of governance Ms. Clinton helped create, the one in which she historically and demonstrated comfortable and the one which finances her campaigns for elected office. To show these donors we to show these donors and lock into the mindset of the new Democratic Party. Her presidency could not and would not alter significantly the status quo. Proudly, she claims as much. "Quote: Let's not start from scratch," she says. Corporate dominance would remain unchallenged, and the rebellion would be ignored. Rebellion scorned will escalate first to spirited demonstrations, we have already seen, and it's going on right now to violence in San Jose. It's happening right now in a gay nation. Only substantive uh, subs, uh, reform can, uh, can accommodate this. Now, reform is neither difficult <clears throat> nor unprecedented. Our history displays a number of means of subordinating corporate interests to the welfare of the American people. More than a century ago, in the uh, Gilded Age, the nation faced a similar crisis and dealt with it successfully, and a century before that, effective me- uh, mechanisms were in place to restrain corporate dominion, even though the threat of it was already visible. This is what Thomas Jefferson said about this issue, about the issue. Quote, I hope we shall crush, in its birth, the aristocracy of our moneyed corporations, which dare already do challenge our government to a trial of strength and bid defiance to the laws of our country, unquote. No, Jefferson's concern was merely perspective wary of potential, and corporate enterprise was not yet dominant, only pushing to be back in the day. They were already starting it up, and we have somebody coming on this radio station that's gonna explain that in more detail to you at a later time. And uh, at the time, uh, corporations were very strongly uh, circumscribed to assure their subservience to public well-being. Now, perhaps Jefferson feared they would escape the control mechanisms early corporations faced. They were chartered for a limited period of time, typically 20 years. They were chartered for a single specific purpose, say to construct a toll road. The charter would, could be revoked if the corporations be here, violated public interest. Stockholders, directors, and officers of the corporation were personally responsible for the corporation's obligations and transgressions, and a corporation could not buy or otherwise merge with another corporation. Well, Mr. Jefferson's fears were realized. Um, as we go into the Uh, 1800s as we progressed, uh, corporations in America, particularly the great railroads fought vigorously and successfully to have those constraints relaxed. And all of them were. It's all about who you pay off and how much money they get and how many prostitutes they get or whatever. The corporate structure escaped any meaningful public control. Now eventually, Renegade Nation corporations could grow without limit by absorbing others. They could live in perpetuity. They could undertake multiple tasks. They could change them at will. And personal liability was limited to a pittance. And charter revocation virtually disappeared. Then in 1866, Renegade Nation corporations as artificial persons became legal persons. This is what we're gonna be talking about later. I you, You're in for one hell of a treat when the person that's coming on over the weekend, you're gonna, you're gonna love it. They were granted equal protection under the law. It was a Supreme Court case that says Santa Clara County versus the Southern Pacific Railroad extended the rights of U.S. citizens to corporate entities. Hello? They were granted equal protection under the law. What law? They right Their rights were protected by the U.S. Constitution. Really? The legal personhood? Tom Hartman discovered was technically illegal, but it has endured. By the end of the century, unrestrained corporate enterprise rampaged through the economy, exploiting labor, polluting the environment, concentrating wealth and domination, the public system, the political system. Corporations had learned the art of disguise robbery, financing political campaigns to ensure the passage or repeal of legislation in their interest. It was a vivid preview of the conditions we face today, but their appalling behavior eventually became too bad to sustain even a, with a great rat graft. A great wave of reformist and antitrust legislation was enacted, and finally in 1906, Theodore Roosevelt submitted to Congress the Corporate Donations Abol- uh, Abolition Act, prohibiting the practice. He signed it into law on January 26, 1907, and that was the end of the corporate money flowing to elected officials. Well, that has changed quite a bit. History displays then determined efforts to foreclose corporate dominance, but history also shows a failure of political resolve in the late twentieth century because American corporations escaped public oversight and control once and, and, and the control once more. The Federal Election Campaign Act of 1971 repealed the Federal Corrupt Practices Act and legalized political action committees or PACs. A convoluted trickle of corporate campaign contributions flowed once more. Then two Supreme Court cases opened the floodgates. First one was Buckley versus Vallejo in 1976, which you don't know about, <clears throat> and then the Citizens United versus the FEC, FEC in 2010 gave birth to these super PACs. And I remember that one quite clearly because we talked about it here at Renegade, and nobody paid attention. And it contributed the money and the contributing money to these PACs. And the Supreme Court decided it is a form of free speech. How about that? <laughs> No longer prohibited, but encouraged to seek political dominance. Corporations have lots of money in which they can speak freely. There are laws they want passed and others they want repealed, like the Glass-Steagall Act, the law that was fire, the firewall protecting the public interest from high-flying finance. But 11 Wall Street banks hated it. Those 11 banks speak with loud voices and have contributed $83 million over the years to the Clinton's presidential and senatorial campaigns. They don't want that glass Siegel was repealed during the Bill Clinton administration and doing so was a direct cause of the subprime mortgage crisis and the economic collapse of 2008. The banks were bailed out with us. We bailed them out. That's how stupid we are. The banks were bailed out by us, the taxpayers, and the money, and they continue to prosper. And the American people continue to suffer. This is now the noon template. Corporate interests thrive, exploiting labor, polluting the environment, concentrating wealth, domination of the political system, but the interest of the nation at large languishes and thus will not change. Governance is returned to the democratic process. Overturning Citizens United and reinstating the Federal Corrupt Policies Act or Practices Act would be an excellent beginning, renegade nation. Overturning the Santa Clara County to rescind corporate personhood would be also a great finale. Now, none of this will ever appear on the radar screen of Hillary Clinton of her presidency never they she is so deep into the banksters you if she gets in we're done she is indeed a victim of historic tragedy. <clears throat> Even supposing her intentions were worthy, she gamed the nominating process with first, with a first and most uh, strategy, but history intervened when the American people clamored for radical reclamation of democratic governance, something she did not see, does not comprehend, and cannot possibly deliver. The sheer momentum of her campaign has carried her to the edge of success, but her nomination is by no means inevitable. Many states have yet to vote, and the Democratic Convention promises to be a un- Unruly and really hateful. There is a good chance she will fail. For the good of the nation, she must fail. We don't need a Hillary Clinton. This election must be pivotal. We need a Theodore Roosevelt surrogate. This is a great article you need to pass this around you need to go and I'll put the link on it it was written by Rich, Richard Behan B-E-H-A-N from the uh, A-H-Tribune.com I read that this is so good this was written so well you have to understand why and what is going on in this country you turn on the news and you see all of this fighting and violence this is what's being caused that's what they want they want this violence they want it These far-left liberals don't care. They want everything given to them and let the banksters go. It's just amazing that people don't wake up and say, what happened to our country? What's going to happen to your children? What's going to happen to your grandchildren? You need to change this now. You need to wake up. And on that note, since I've spoken now for 30 minutes, I'm going to go. And then later on today, we're going to have another show on. But I just needed to tell you about that. And I am feeling a lot better, Renegade Nation. As you can tell, I'm getting there. Anyway, you listen to Renegade Talk where we don't sugarcoat shit. Don't forget adamandeve.com. Go there, get a discount. And I've already talked about that. We're out of here. I'm out of here. Have a great day. Richie from Renegade Talk Radio. Viva Las Vegas. Radio.